0: everybody and welcome to the Media Boat Podcast. Today is November the 20th, 2021. This is episode 306. Yep. If you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, we are a podcast about the media, including movies, television, video games, and music. Not
1: necessarily in that order. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. We have a lot to get through and we're going to try and rush through <laughs> <it> as much <laughs> as we can.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, as we always start the show, we start with movies, and we always start the movie section with the weekend box office numbers. Rolling over from last week, your number one movie is still Eternals with another twenty six point eight million dollars. That's at one eighteen domestic. Not bad or something for something that's just weeks. in theaters for two and weeks. That's two good. Weeks. Following that, number two, Clifford the Big Red Dog, sixteen point six million dollars. That's sitting at
1: twenty two right now. That had its wide debut. Yeah, it got the extra bump from an uh, early Wednesday release. Yeah.
0: Number three, Dune, with another $5.5 5 That's at 93 That will definitely pass. 100 no issue there. Mm-hmm. Number four, No Time to Die, another $4.5 million. Um, Happy Sin uh, 150 right now. That's not bad, not bad. Not that bad. Probably better internationally. Yes. And number five, rounding out your top five, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, with another $3.9 million. That's at 202 It, it crossed, the crossed the 200. 200, like we said it would last week. In case you're wondering how Belfast did from last week's The idea. other new release. $1.7 million, way down at number seven. So,
1: not, bom, bom. not,
0: not getting the, the numbers. No, but this fast. is
1: pointing towards an Oscar yeah. buzz. So.
0: Speaking of Oscar buzz, we have one of each this week for new releases. <laughs> one blockbuster, one Oscar bait. We have Will Smith and King Richard about the father of Serena and Venus Williams. That is your Oscar bait for Will, uh, Will Smith. I'm sure he's looking for for a
1: nomination this year. We'll be talking about that a little bit later. Yep. Yeah.
0: And then also uh, your big blockbuster, Ghostbusters: Afterlife. Their attempt again to reboot the Bo- Ghostbusters franchise. Uh, we'll see.
1: But this is <laughs> set within the original Ghostbusters right. um, universe. I didn't know it
0: had cameos of the original, the living original Ghostbusters until I watched Late Night with Seth Meyers a couple nights ago. Yes, it does. And I was like, oh, okay, they're all in this. All right, weird. Yep. Sure. Um, We're just pretending that... Um, 2016 didn't exist. Yeah, I hate that. Because I actually like that movie. In <laughs> fact, I believe we talked about it the first year of this podcast. Yes. That's how long we've been doing this. Yeah, it. Was, yeah, it came
1: out 2016. 2016 <laughs> sounds
0: right. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's there if you want it. Those are your new releases. Let's roll right into movie news. Here's a little update. Our first story is about the Ayati strike. Uh, or maybe not. Because... Uh, The contract has been ratified for three years, but of course, not without some contention. Under Yahtzee's Electoral College-style ratification system, each of the 13 Hollywood locals covered by the Basic Agreement is allotted as many winner-take-all electoral votes as the number of delegates they had at the Union's last convention. Thus, the final vote, released on Monday, was 256 in favor and 188 opposed to the contract, a margin of only 68 electoral votes. Had the Editors Guild, worth 73 votes, voted against it, the contract would have gone down to defeat. Overall, 50.3% voted yes, total, to 49.7% voted no for both contracts. For the basic agreement, each 8 of the 13 LA-based locals voted yes, with a stunning 5 locals rejecting the deal. Among the Area Standards Local Unions, 14 locals voted yes and 9 voted no. Here's another example of that electoral college system uh, working maybe against um, some of the more vocal uh, opponents of the contracts. You have a lot of people that are members of Mm -hmm. Yahtzee crying foul here uh, that the editors' union had, as you mentioned to me via text message,
1: um, maybe had a little bit too much of a say in this. Well, consider the last time they had a contract um, ratification... It was the Editor's Guild who said no mm-hmm. last time.
0: So. so, And as we reported about this last time, we talked about it. They got some of the things they wanted, but not everything. So this was a compromise that leans a little bit more in um, the studio's favor than it does Yahtzee. I think people are getting to their boiling point with frustration with the union at this point. Uh, yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what happens next.
1: Uh, this is also only for three years. So mm-hmm. come... 2024 we'll be having this discussion again we will definitely be having this discussion again <laughs> <laughs> and i'll try try to
0: get those health benefits next time i guess let's move into our next story which is also an update this time is an update over the shooting at the set of the movie rust involving uh, involving what was uh what was the name of the deceased uh Helena hudkin halina H- hutchins, hutchins. So, 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 cue my shocked face right here. Yeah, exactly. (gasps) Don't be too surprised by this. Mamie Mitchell, the script supervisor on the set of Rust, has filed a lawsuit against Alec Baldwin and other production figures over the on-set shooting that killed the film cinematographer, Halina Hutchins, and injured director Joel Souza. The lawsuit, which was filed in Los Angeles, accuses Baldwin of choosing, quote, to play Russian roulette when he fired a gun without checking it and without having the armorer checking it in his presence, said Mitchell's attorney. Quote, Alec Baldwin should have assumed that the gun in question was loaded unless unless and until it was demonstrated to him or checked by him that it was not loaded, the lawsuit states. In addition to Baldwin, the lawsuit names the film's production company, Rust Movie Productions, LLC, armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, assistant director David Halls, and other production members. Mitchell's lawsuit follows a similar one filed last week by Rust's chief lighting technician, Sergei Svetnoy, who sued Baldwin, Hall's Gutierrez, Reed, and other defendants for negligence that caused him, quote, severe emotional distress. The Santa Ana's Sheriff's Office is the Santa Fe, sorry, I got local there. Santa Fe Sheriff's Office is investigating the shooting and hasn't yet released any findings. So some litigation, as we assumed that would happen. Follows up this 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 tragic event.
1: As I said, shocked and not shocked that this right. is happening. That yeah. we assumed someone, at least on set, would file litigation, if yeah. not someone in the family of Hannah Hutchins. Yeah. Um, interesting to note that this is the lawsuit was taking place in Los Angeles when the shooting took place in New Mexico. And that's
0: my because the, the company is based in L.A. If I have yes. to guess. And a lot of the people probably live there. Yeah, Alex Baldwin and <laughs> yes, uh, his company is probably based in L.A. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, this is what is expected. I'm glad that they're trying to get justice for this. Um, and whatever money they can squeeze from these guys, these rich people, I'm okay with. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, there's just, again, just to reiterate what we said before, just keep safety in mind. Safety has to be a priority on these shoots, especially when weapons are involved, whether you think they're loaded or not. Correct. All right, let's move on to thoughts. You saw the aforementioned King Richard. You've seen Will Smith's Oscar
1: worthy performance. The question is was it? Uh, one word to describe the film King Richard. All right. Captivating. Okay, sure. Every time I wanted to look away, the film was like, no, you're going to pay attention to this. Scene. Yeah. Every time I wanted <laughs> to do you. something else, um, this film was like, no, nope, we're going to chew this scene and make it dramatic and make mm-hmm. you watch it. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, not like now I can like do something like go to the bathroom or something. I was like, no, nope. Now it's the sports scene, and you love the sports scenes, and we make it yeah. dramatic and sports scene. Yeah. So, cool. In short, I like this film.
0: All right. So, okay, I have one big question to ask that I think is, is it, the main argument that maybe people are saying against this film. Does it center the father uh, more so than the talent, the ridiculous talent? that Venus and Serena have, and have led them to their championships? Does it maybe rewrite history to say, actually, they're good, but really, it was this
1: guy? Well, anyone can be good, but if you have someone there to push you to be great, (laughs) that's where the story focuses on.
0: Do you think, though, that steals some of the thunder, I guess, away from the narrative that they have done it themselves?
1: Well, no one does it themselves. (laughs) Yes, I know, but...
0: You know what I'm saying, right? I know
1: what you're trying to say. What <laughs> you're trying to say is wrong. <laughs> but you're basing this just off of the film. Well, I've seen interviews. like okay. So, this is not a direct retelling. Okay, This yeah. is based on the true story. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the film mm-hmm. that happens elsewhere, but in order to make the narrative kind <laughs> right. of fit and mesh well, right. they combine certain elements and kind of... Put it in a lighter tone. Does it ever have solo syndrome where you're like, oh, that's why
0: this happens later in real life or something like that, where you're thinking maybe too much about how it
1: links to their careers later? Only at the end. Okay. (laughs) Only at the very end when uh, Will Smith is talking to uh, daughter Serena. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, daughter Serena is like, Mm -hmm. If this is Venus's time, but your time's coming soon. <laughs> She'll be number one, but you'll be like the greatest of all time. Oh, I was geez. like, "Oh, how cheesy that is that?" Really bad.
0: Speaking of which, how was Will Smith in this? Do we see a Best Actor nomination?
1: I could. Yeah, I would see you a see Best it. Actor nomination. You, you, you see, see a win? win? Ooh, I don't know if I see a win. I don't know now. what the contest is this year. Yeah, right yet I don't know what the picture looks you like. You put him as a as an early frontrunner. Yeah, who is in Licorice Pizza?
0: Um. <laughs> I don't know. um yeah, I mean, I could see it, but... Um, so overall, do you think... So this is, uh, to be clear, this is only theatrical
1: right now, or is this streaming? Oh, no, this is streaming. This is HBO Max. HBO Max, okay. This is one of the last films on HBO Ooh. Max. I believe the last one will be Matrix um, Resurrection. Right. Coming Christmas in, Day. In December, yeah. And then that contract ends. <laughs> right, then it's HBO over. Max.
0: So uh, is this a worthwhile thing to spend if you ha- are maybe fans of Venus
1: and Serena want to know more about their lives or just want to watch a really good performance? So I watched it because it was sports related. Sure, yeah. And, you know, Will Smith's in there. Not a bad call. (laughs) But yeah, I think this is something that, if you didn't know, (laughs) Hmm. would be eye opening to it. Um, It is something that. mm, It does take the Hollywood liberties. I will get that out of the way. Of course. As most biopics tend to do. Biopics. 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 (laughs) It sounds like a surgery. Everything it is a surgery. They're surgically um, inserting themselves into the lives of the past <laughs> to cut it up and create this new narrative. Sure. Okay, so is that a recommend? I, yeah. A patented recommend? I recommend it. All right. I recommend it just well, one, based on w- wanting to know more about Venus and sure. and their trainings. and yeah. bringing up. Um, Will Smith does a really good job. It also shows Comparing this mm-hmm. to the um, HBO documentary um, that just came out uh, for Tiger Woods, uh-huh. the two part on Tiger Woods and his dad, and how his dad kind of trained him in a similar fashion, sure. you see the same tendencies between the two.
0: Ah, so there's some
1: parallels there. Yeah, parallels in the father figures pushing their kids. Yeah. And whether it's I mean, you can argue like whether he's doing it for himself or sure. doing it for a better life for his kids. But the movie's not
0: about that. The movie is really about the inspirational tale, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. The the sisters from Compton yeah. who conquered the world mm-hmm. on the tennis court.
0: All right. So, cool. That's a recommend from you. Moving on. So, recently available on Disney+, Plus, you watched Jungle Cruise the uh, vehicle for the book. Oh, rock. did I? Alright, so we didn't talk about this when this came out. Because um, neither of us saw it when it came when out. It. We went to the theater to see it.
1: Um, so, how are you feeling about the Based on the Ride Jungle Cruise? Um, it leans heavily on the Pirates of the Caribbean uh-huh. formula. I bet. Uh, not just in Cursed Treasure, <laughs> not just in the CGI, mm-hmm. and not just in it being on a boat and based on a ride and based on a ride, <laughs> based <laughs> on a Disney ride. Um, it's as if someone took the Pirates of the Caribbean formula mm-hmm. from oh my god, when that movie 2002 2003,
0: 2002, yeah, one of
1: those, yeah, and tried to make it modern for 20. I 21. think it was supposed to be 2020, 2020 like yeah. 2021 audiences. Jeez. does it work? No, <laughs> All right, what's going? What do you think went wrong here? What I'm trying to figure out what went right here? Oh no! Like the size, like <laughs> the rock being in here, or Dwayne Johnson being in here, sure. super charismatic. Yeah. Fight to get him. Yeah, and Emily Blunt in here being sure. super charming. Yeah. It the script doesn't mesh well. Yeah, it's like you're jumping from plot point to plot point, and. You, you're trying to figure out a way to make each plot point work, and it just doesn't for the most part. Yeah. I'm sweet. glad I didn't spend money on this. <laughs> <laughs> so besides the rock
0: here being the rock, there's not a whole lot to glom onto. What if, say, you're a huge fan of the ride? Is there enough like Easter eggs? Uh, of course. The, I yeah. guess I'll say, the PC uh, leftovers that are left over, uh, and I use PC sarcastically, of course, here, yes. uh, because there's some really weird stuff, baggage, with that ride. Yeah. Does that some of that carry over, and it's like, oh, that's just like the ride.
1: It carries over in the first act of the movie. Okay. You know? And then once they get They're away from, from there, right it's right there. just,
0: nope. You could probably say the same thing about Pirates of the Caribbean, in a way.
1: Yeah. Um... Okay. So that's, why, like, that's why I compare it to that. Yeah, I see what you mean.
0: But, whereas that actually worked because it had an interesting set of characters, a very charismatic lead, like, you had, yes. like, a world building that was actually kind of interesting. Here, none of that is the case. No,
1: especially when twice the movie you give backstories <laughs> the same time but from a different perspective. Yeah. It's like, oh, you could have just done this, like, in the middle and not have... <laughs> The whole, like, out. backstory
0: for it. Yeah. Well, that's disappointing. But uh, it's available on Disney+, Plus if you want to see it. So would you even give it a stream, or is this a pass?
1: I would give it a stream with the, not the original version, but mm-hmm. with the extra Jungle Cruise uh, Tourist version. Mm-hmm. Where it does, like, the pop-up video thing of, like, oh, bits about it. Fun trivia. Yeah. Because okay. that could be more entertaining than the actual film. That
0: sounds more entertaining, honestly.
1: Well, cool. Uh, any other movies that
0: we need to talk about? Um, so, last uh, I haven't watched this yet, but for next week uh, Christy and I are going to watch Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix. That okay. was the musical film uh, based on the uh, composer Rent, Jonathan Larson. I believe it's starring Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Garfield. Yeah, I've um, seen that. Yeah, we were going to watch that last night. We changed our mind. Uh, we might watch that tonight or tomorrow, so I'll be able to talk about that next oh, week. Oh, that's so. on Netflix? That's on Netflix. So. I may
1: give that a watch. now. Right. well, we next know. week,
0: um, watch this space. But for now, let's move on out of movies and into television, and we always start television with the Sports Corner, as we went to the Sports Corner. And of course, the big news this week was the Major League Baseball, many, many awards that they gave away at the end of the season, but the biggest of all, of course, are the MVP awards. We have the LAL, the American League MVP, being unanimous this year, and... Us here, yep, us here um, in, um, in the Los Angeles metropolitan area are very, very happy.
1: That's Shohei
0: Otani, our hometown hero, has won by unanimous vote. In case you were wondering, the only other unanimous winners in the American League in the history of the league are... Hank Greenberg, back in 1935. Al Rosen, back in 53. Mickey Mantle in 56. Yes, that Mickey Mantle. Yep, I mean, you could say that blank blank <laughs> for every one of these. Yes. Frank Robinson in 66. Denny McLean in 68. Reggie Jackson in 73. Jose Canseco in 88. Although oh, we Thomas, may not anymore. <laughs> yeah, we, I don't know if we'd give him anything at this point. Frank Thomas in 93. Ken Griffey Jr. in 97. And Mike Trout, also of the Los Angeles Angels, of in 2014. So that's 10... That he's following right yeah. there. He's number 11. Meanwhile, there have been seven unanimous winners in the National League, in case you're wondering about the National League MVP. So, what does
1: this <laughs> say about the Angels having two <laughs> unanimous MVPs and, on their team? And haven't won a World Series and so, too. Haven't made the playoffs yeah. since 2014. Uh, mm. Makes
0: you think. It definitely makes you think. Hey, we got a pitcher now. Hey! Hey! He might be okay. And a hitter. Hey! We <laughs> spent way too much money on him, but we got him. All right. But he has Thor hair. He does have Thor hair. Other awards from the league included. Robbie Ray from the Blue Jays and Corbin Burns from the Brewers won the Cy Young Award. Randy Arozana from the Rays and Jonathan India from the Reds won the Wookie Wookie of the Year. That's a different award. That's a completely different award. Rookie of the Year Awards. Kevin Cash. Not that Kevin Cash. uh, Rays from the Rays and Keith Kapler from the Giants won Manager of the Year. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr., from the Blue Jays and Bryce Harper of the Phillies won the Hank Aaron Award for slugging. Harper, by the way, second National League MVP.
1: Yep. So, um. Funny enough, his first National League MVP was also a unanimous <laughs> award winner. Well, there you go. One of those seven. So yeah.
0: So congratulations to all the winners. We continue through the off season with maybe a lockout. On the horizon? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the MLBPA is yeah. currently
1: in renegotiations again. It
0: sucks for us because we were going to see a spring training game in March. May or may not. <laughs> Asterisk on that one. So we'll see. On pause um, for now. Unfortunately. We'll have more news of that in the future. But for now, any other sports stories that we need to talk about here? Uh,
1: yes, for the second week in the row, the Lions have not lost <laughs> a game. Well, there you go. Do they actually win this time? They are o seven 7 one <laughs> Wow! They tied the Steelers, so while not a loss, <laughs> still not a win for the Lions. That's wild. That is wild. All right. <laughs> uh, this also does not does mean that, unfortunately, they will not be the first team to go right. 0-17. Oh, well.
0: Anything else in sports before we move on to television news?
1: Uh, nope. Basketball is playing basketball. basketball hockey basketball. is playing hockey. And probably the biggest thing that happened in sports stadium news oh
0: yeah 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 we should at least talk about that briefly because here.
1: like everyone was talking about this it is thing.
0: probably the biggest weirdly enough the biggest story besides the besides the mvps
1: yes uh our local uh,
0: los angeles uh um, like, i don't want to staples put it center. in here because it is kind of yeah, local but it's but a but i a saw it talked
1: about everywhere though and stupid Yes,
0: Sta- uh, staples center is being renamed thanks to a
1: contract ending with staples uh crypto.com arena Purchased the naming rights yeah. for $700 million Yeah. for 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. So get ready here for 20 more years, for two decades.
0: Crypto.com Arena, yeah, it's going to be really dated in five. Yep. Maybe two. Maybe two. Let's see how this is I already know. going. All
1: on the Enron Arena. Oh, Plus. God, you're right. That's a that's a good comparison to yes. make here.
0: Um. So, yes, uh, next time you watch a Lakers game, uh, try to ignore it.
1: No, Christmas Day. Yeah. When the Lakers play on the Brooklyn Nets on Christmas Day, <laughs> will be the official unveiling mm-hmm. of the new crypto.com oh, arena. I wouldn't painful. mind painful. if it was just crypto arena. No, it's
0: crypto.com. It's, it's the
1: crypto.com part that okay. bugs me.
0: Hey, we could be, it, it could be the coinbase.com arena. It could be worse, so maybe.
1: I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna still call it the stable center for at least yeah. the next the seven crypt, years, I
0: think is what people settled on. Yeah, that's what I'm selling crypt. it off to. We're know, calling the it the
1: crypt. Which is funny, because I'm looking to go to a game before Uh it changes, on the 22nd, (laughs) and then after on the 26th. Yeah, good luck with that. I wonder if they'll let you purchase it with Dogecoin. (laughs)
0: Let's move on, please, for God's sake. One one sweet seat for a Dogecoin. (laughs) God. Let's move into television news proper here. Our first story
1: is about Endeavor. Yeah, that Endeavor. You know them. The one that broke up. Yeah, well... It was forcefully broken up.
0: Yeah, well, South Korean company CJENM, I don't know what that stands for, is making a $775 million investment by buying an 80% stake in Endeavor Content, the production company that Endeavor was forced to divest after losing a showdown with the WGA. Endeavor will receive $655 million, while Endeavor Content will receive a $120 million influx of capital to fuel the dozens of TV programs and movies that the unit has in various stages of production. In January, Endeavor reached a settlement with the WGA that called for it to divest the majority of its interest in the scripted film and TV operations of Endeavor content, which has co-produced such series as BBC America's Killing Eve, AMC's The Night Manager, Hulu's Normal People, and Nine Perfect Strangers. CJENM's entertainment division produces TV shows and movies, including Bong Joon Ho's 2019 Oscar winner Parasite. So, some money for Endeavor after being a little split into two there. Um, some of its familiar names in their production lineup, and maybe
1: more to come as they have a little bit more uh, fire in their bellies. So, you know how everyone's um, recently all up on Squid Game? Yeah. Is that an Endeavor joint? No. No. Oh. No. But. It is based in South Korea. Yes. Production, so expect the C- CJ ENM company mm-hmm. to take South Korean properties. Oh yeah. And localize them, Americanize them. It's a hot time right now for uh Korean culture, yep. uh, with K-pop, with Parasite,
0: and now with Squid Game. I think yeah, I think you're right. We're we're into that. It kind of reminds me yep. of the uh, influx
1: Borderland as well. Yeah.
0: It kind of reminds me of the influx of uh, Japanese uh, media in the nineties. Uh, yep. We're seeing kind of a similar rise
1: here. Yep, with South Korean culture. With, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's a moment. This is the this is the early big push. This is the investment yeah. that you're going to see. So yeah. So
0: see more stories like this coming very soon. Yes. I imagine. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our second story here, which is about Hulu. Guess what, guys? Ready to take out your wallets? Because Hulu's asking you for more money again. Beginning on December 21st, the Hulu Plus Live TV package will cost $5 more each month, going up to $70 with the ad-supported tier of Hulu's on-demand service and $76 with the ad-free Hulu. To soften the blow of the monthly price hike, Hulu Plus Live TV subscribers will also have access to Disney Plus and ESPN Plus at, guess what,
1: no extra charge included in your price. So that Disney bundle that they've been advertising? Yeah. They're transitioning back to the Hulu and Live TV bundles.
0: It might be good for some people. The price increase follows one that was just phased in a year ago by Hulu, which moved it up to $65, where it's been. That move resulted in some short-term subscriber erosion, me included, but was cited by Disney last quarter as a boon to -to direct-to-consumer revenue, which jumped 38% over the prior year quarter to $4.6 billion.
1: Hmm, I wonder why they did it then. Hmm.
0: Hulu was at carriage tensions with Sinclair Broadcast Group over at CBS affiliates, and only recently came to terms with the NFL Network, AMC, and Hallmark are not part of the new live offering. So, a couple of networks hemorrhage here. A uh, couple, a couple of deals though with the Disney Plus and ESPN edition, but without regional sports networks, it's still useless to me. And yep. I think a lot of people are going to run into people. problems with
1: that. With for me. a lot of people, it thanks is. to our friends at Sinclair. Or not thanks to them. But yes, <laughs> but yes. As soon, well, go to Direct TV for I mean, all. Yeah, I mean, if you want all sports, it's yeah. hard to say that. It's but.
0: yeah, it's hard for me to. So right now, so um, I baseball's over. Yeah, baseball's over. So I have moved my tier down. Direct TV stream. I'm not trying to shill for them. I'm just telling right. you facts here. Sixty nine ninety nine. Right now, for for basic cable package without those regional sports, mm-hmm. goes back up to ninety when I get the regional sports package running again. Right. So really, if you compare seventy six for the same content you're getting to ninety, adding the regional sports is really just up to an individual what they value that regional sports content for. Yeah. If you think that's worth another fifteen dollars mm-hmm. a month, then however the math rolls out,
1: then maybe it's worth it to you, but. It, It's all more expensive than it should be. I mean, it is the reason why I still have cable because I need the hockey and the basketball, local sports going on.
0: Well, the sad part is if I went with my cable package through Spectrum, which I'm already getting internet, it would be more expensive because they make me rent the physical DVR Yeah. no matter what. Yeah. I argued with the customer service dude. The only time I ever argued with the customer service dude was when he was like, well, oh, you can't do this. You can't do this package unless you rent our physical box. I'm like, if I can use Apple TV, why do I need to rent the physical box? He's like, sorry, there's no way around it. You have to do it. I'm like, all right, well, I'm hanging up on you. <laughs> <laughs> because that's ridiculous and i'm gonna to go to at&t i told him that right and he was like well okay and i'm like well you lost a
1: sale dude i don't know what to tell you because the physical box they can charge a monthly fee yes, on they it hemorrh- They so why. that put me over the hundred dollar
0: mark and i was like i'm not spending a hundred something dollars on top of the hundred something dollars i'm paying for internet
1: right. much in front of you.
0: this was the media boat podcast rant oh.
1: about cable companies all right, now I'll right let's get off our soapbox <laughs> yeah, yes let's move on <laughs> That's it for uh, television news proper. We watched, or you watched a
0: couple of television shows. Do so you want to talk about them real quick?
1: Yeah, a couple of hot shows that we watched last year. <laughs> yeah, Come back for season two. Come back for the second seasons.
0: Uh, one for uh, the kids and one not so much.
1: So let's go for the kids. All right. Yeah, tell me about this. I have not, I didn't even realize that season two was up. Uh, yeah, it went up last Friday, I believe. Mm-hmm. And if you enjoyed season one, you'll enjoy season two. If you didn't enjoy it as <laughs> much as I did, you're going to have the exact same problems. Okay, all right. Uh, and I'm running into the exact same problems. The voices mm-hmm. just sound older. Yes. Than, like they did in season we're one. We're talking
0: about, of course, Animaniacs. Animaniacs on Hulu, mm-hmm. the reboot, uh, in its second season.
1: Yeah. I like the animation. The animation is so good. It was in the first season, on. too, yeah. But this, the voice acting, I don't know why. It's because It's off. Just they're older. They yeah. d- the just don't deliver as quite as hard hitting anymore. Yeah. Not as fast paced. It does feel like they're a step behind sure. what, say, normal animation is at right now. And I say yeah. normal animation when I'm talking about like say adult <laughs> animation because I just watched um ben both I mean, Big Inside Mouth and Job. Inside yeah. Job on Netflix, I which think was fast paced.
0: I think that was the kind of the 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 uh the so the the uh, double edged sword here is that you wanna get the original cast because if you didn't a lot of people, a lot of the fans would have been like, what the hell they're still alive, why aren't you using them? Mm-hmm. But the right, the bad news about that is that you're gonna have deteriorated performances. I mean Simpsons fans have been decrying that over the last ten years. That cast is getting very old as well. Yeah. And you hear it in their performances. They don't sound like they did before and it affects the delivery of a lot of the
1: jokes. But at this point with the Simpsons, they have 650 plus episodes to look back on yeah. that they can grab audio files <laughs> from all of them and program with... <laughs> <Thrust>. Theoretically, we're <laughs> still kind of hoping that's not
0: the case. If Disney makes that decision, I hope they don't do it. Nice. But uh, but you know what I mean. It's like, yeah, it's different with Animaniacs because there's only 100 episodes of the
1: original show. Right. Um, oh, no, it's under. It's like 97. 97. They didn't get. You know what I mean. Yeah, the person didn't do the hundred episodes. Well, does
0: the, the, does the direct video film
1: "Wacko's Whack- Wish" count? Technically, <laughs> even with it, it only gets up to ninety. Ah, whatever. Anyway, not until the Hulu did it. Technically, cross it to the hundreds. <laughs> whatever. Anyways, Those so, was my favorite fun facts that I never get a <laughs> chance to bring up. Sure. Well, because how often you talk about the N-Maniacs? I mean, not often. Except right, right now, uh,
0: which, uh, so yeah, so overall, it's um, kind of more of what they gave us the first season.
1: Yep. Uh, you get your two Animaniacs shorts mm-hmm. with Peaky and the Brain sandwiched in the middle.
0: How's the balance of, because one of the things I noticed in the first season was there was a weird balance of older pop culture references and more recent pop culture references. Where's that balance land in season two?
1: A lot more recent ones. That's what so I, I figured they would do.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right.
1: It's it's fine. Uh, it's fine for the okay. kids, but yeah. going back as like a fan, it's I'm I'm losing interest real fast. I think yeah. I th- think the lack of the of the cast of characters around yeah. it, the supporting cast. The the nostalgia can only go so far, and you're right. One of the
0: reasons why that original show worked so well, it was almost like a review. It was almost like a sketch show because mm-hmm. they had such so many worlds of characters. They focused so much on the Warner Brothers and sister here. That it's almost like doesn't feel like that original product. Yep. All
1: right. Well, that's disappointing. But being a disappointing, being a disappointing. Everyone was obsessed with Tiger King last year. Yeah, for, yep. for about three months. <laughs> yep. We, as soon as we all got, got locked into our homes <laughs> until in March.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. It was this... Animal Crossing and Tiger
1: King. That was yep. twenty twenty in a nutshell, right there. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, Tiger King season two yeah. follows up on. Basically, the explosion of yeah. Tiger King and what happened because afterwards. what have, because yeah, there was a lot that happened in real life following the uh, following the television show. Yep, and that's what Tiger King season two is. It's five episodes, not the ten or mm-hmm. eight, whatever it was originally. Um, and I can sum it up like this: first episode, how everyone got rich off the show. <laughs> Second episode, Carol did Carol Baskins kill her husband? Yeah. Third episode, did people try and conspire to put um, Joe Exotic in jail? <laughs> Fourth episode, free Joe Exotic like the tour yeah. where eventually like they ended up in January 6th in Washington, uh... D.C. And then episode five, the closure of GW Ranch and yeah. Carol Baskin's taking over ownership of it. And that more or less gives you to present day, right? And that's present day. And that's what those five episodes are.
0: So, of course, my question is, and this is always the case when you talk about a documentary series or film that uh, is about something that happened recently, do you learn anything new here? Or if you're already kept up on the news, is this just stuff you already know?
1: If you uh, There's some new stuff, but not a whole lot to keep me entertained. Okay. Because um, for me, the big story that I followed was the closing of the GW Ranch. Sure. And it being moved to Carol Baskin's Mm -hmm. and her taking all the tigers out. There is some new stuff um, about the treatment of the tigers and the wildlife at that particular location. Yeah. um, Especially following um, the Tiger King's arrest. Yeah. For for just that. For just that. (laughs) And kind of like why he's in jail. Right. And... That could be necessary yes. context for people who only really watched the first context, s- yeah. season and didn't know about the real world. Yeah, there is some That's more context added. Okay. But it's also shorter. And like, sorry, It's five episodes. Each one's about 40 minutes. E- yeah, yeah. 45 minutes. So. so season two is a lot shorter. It does give you kind of more context of what they've been up to and kind of fill in some of the gaps yep. from prior. But it feels like largely...
0: The moment has passed for Tiger King. Oh, yes. And this feels like it's just clean up, in a way. Yes.
1: Uh, if you saw the lack of Tiger King um, Halloween costumes this year, <laughs> that is your indication. It's well, yeah. now Squid Game. <laughs> the context also <laughs> changed,
0: because now it's like, all right, this guy is like actually a total dirtbag. We know that now, for sure. I mean, yes. Some people already knew that. But well, some right people did not want to believe it. Right, now it's more like, well, no, it's very clear. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It's a curiosity, and I think that it will remain a curiosity and just that. I don't think this is going to be something that's going to remain in people's thoughts for, their, for too long.
1: I don't want it to remain in my thoughts for too long, <laughs> yeah. either.
0: You need a palate cleanser after that one. No. I mean, it <laughs> that's is why not... you watch the <laughs> Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, at least the first episode was kind of interesting in that, like, oh, here's how everyone got rich off of it. like yeah. Selling autographs, and like right. everyone got blown out of it because it was a common interest at the time. Yeah. So here's a question. And I was just like dying down. Here's a
0: question to unite these two things. Anywhere in the Animatic Season 2, is there a Tiger King joke? Uh,
1: if there is, a, I haven't gotten to this. All those. right, well, never mind that. I thought for sure that there was one. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen somewhere. it. It would be in like the last three episodes if it was, but I haven't gotten there. All right, well, missed
0: opportunity. Let's move on then, If you, unless you have anything else to talk
1: about in television. I'm um, currently watching a lot of Holiday Baking. Well...
0: That's it exciting. is the season. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yes. And it wraps up. In the meantime, we have cancellations and renewals for you. First up, what are you no longer watching? I said it for you. What do I no longer <laughs> watch? <it? laughs> On NBC, they're bringing back La Brea,
1: the tar, for a second season. So this may actually get me to watch season one if they're bringing it back for a season two. Or tar.
0: Disney Plus is bringing back What If, which you talked about a few weeks ago. Uh,
1: which we kind of knew more or less that they were going to do. That's just the official announcement. Yeah.
0: Paramount Plus has canceled The Harper House after just one season. OWN, Oprah Winfrey's network, has um, said that the seventh season of Queen Sugar will be its last. Mm-hmm. USA will has, uh, will has say, says that the fourth season of The Sinner will be its last, canceled after four. Mm-hmm. And in deaths this week, Art LaFleur, age 78, an actor... Acted in The Sandlot, Field of Dreams,
1: and The Santa Claus, among others. He's, he's the, oh, it's that guy. I recognize a him. Character actor in a lot of that era. Yep. Um, you recognize him, probably our generation recognizes him, as Babe Ruth in The Sandlot. Ah,
0: I see. He's that guy. Bambino himself. Yep. All right, let's move on then to the
1: second half of the show. Ooh, crisp 36 minutes. Look at us go. Ooh, flying Um, uh, uh, <laughs> To music. And, and I'll we, hand always, it over to you. we always start music with the billboard, and we start the billboard with the Hot 100. Pick up the phone. We called it. Well, yeah, this is the easiest call in the world. Well, yeah, Easy on Me is the easiest call in the world. It's still number one. Yeah, still number one. Adele, Easy on Me, your number one song. Number two, Stay the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Three, Industry Baby by Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow. At number four, Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. And round <laughs> yet in the top five, Shivers by Ed Sheeran. This Ed Sheeran yes. gets two in the top five. The only change here from last
0: week is that number five swapped out for a back-to-back Ed Sheeran uh, uh, yes. appearance.
1: So there you go. Yep. And those are probably the two good ones on that album. <laughs>
0: That's it. <laughs>
1: uh, as for your Billboard 200, yeah. your albums chart, at number one, Debuting at number one, still over it by Summer Walker. Yeah. Also debuting at number two, Voyage by ABBA. Yes, yes that ABBA has yeah, a yeah. number two record right. this week. Yes, uh, Which means ABBA is better than <laughs> Certified Lover Boy, I Drake. <laughs> I get told that way
0: a long time ago.
1: They're also better than yeah. Equal Sign yeah. by Ed Sheeran. And I think you can all agree they are all better. Than They're all better than than "Dangerous" <laughs> colon the double album by Morgan Wallen. And of course,
0: next week uh, will be the first week of eligibility for Red Taylor's version. It will definitely be your number one record.
1: Yep. So just wait for that next week. If you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases. Yeah,
0: they came out last uh, yesterday.
1: Yep. So these are albums that you can listen to. Yes. Right now including Snoop Dogg Presents, colon, The Algorithm, (laughs) by Snoop Dogg, Motorheart by The Darkness, yeah, at The Darkness, like, they're still making music, (laughs) Uh, Blood Moon, colon, one, yes, by Convergence, by Converge, just Converge, by Converge, Uh, Flying Dream, one, one, (laughs) By Elbow. Oh, there's all these ones going on. I don't know. Raise the Roof. By Robert Plant and Alison Cross. I listened to this. I'll
0: talk to you about it in a moment.
1: Yep. And your big release of the week. um, Get out of the way, everybody else. Yep, everyone, move out of the way. Um, Especially Taylor, because that's why she premiered her album last week. Uh, 30 by Adele. Yes. Out. Right now you can go listen to it. Your best-selling record of
0: 2022. Yes, I realize we're still in <laughs> 2021, but I'm still confident in saying that is your best selling record of
1: 2022. Uh, <laughs> if you're still buying albums, yes. this is what you're going to get your mom your and everyone else. And your sister and whoever else is on your list. Yep. Really. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we'll be talking about that in a little bit also, Yes, I also listen to this. All right. Let's, Let's get into some music news then. Yes. Um, new. So, yeah. So. Two weeks ago, you did a solo cast and then yeah. the Travis Scott Astro World yes. incident. So there's been some aftermath since then. Yeah. So, two weeks after that, uh, the Astro World Festival, which left 10 people dead as the crowd rampaged, Public Enemies Chuck D has issued an open letter defending Travis Scott and calling on Live Nation and all concert promoters to stop. As he puts it, shucking their most crucial responsibility. Uh, Travis Scott is a performer, an act, not a concert promoter, he writes. He doesn't run the sound or venues or festivals or their staff, but he does trust Live Nation and all the other concert promoters who are supposed to do all of this, end quote. This, of course, follows the dozens of lawsuits that have been filed against Travis Scott, Live Nation, and the festival's other promoters. Details about the event's organization, security, and readiness to handle an unruly crowd remain unclear. However, multiple other festivals this year that were promoted by Live Nation and two that were headlined by Scott were staged successfully without major in- incidents. So I included this story
0: not just because it was interesting hearing from Chuck D. Of course, if you look back in music history, Public Enemy also has a history of very riotous, raucous concerts mm-hmm. in their wake, especially in their peak. So it's interesting to get a perspective, but also kind of as like an example of the conversation that's been happening about Astro World. In fact, it even happened here. Right here, before we recorded, uh, before we recorded last week's episode, you thought that you told me that you, you thought I was a little too easy on Travis Scott in my solo cast, and so I thought about I thought about it, and like yeah, and that's why I, we, one of the reasons why I included this story. I think it's a fair argument to have what who is at fault here. Right. I think you can still I think it's still very valid to say that Travis Scott could have done more to stop the uh, performance in the middle of it instead of trying to continuing it continue it um once he saw what was happening i think a lot of the onus does rely on the organizers and the security team there i think that also and then there's also a third argument to be had about like the culture of hip-hop and like what it means in that culture to maybe not as readily help your fellow concert goer and be more ag like more or aggressive in the in at the shows that maybe is necessary like a lot of macho posturing going on. I think all of that is in a blender, is all, all matters in the story. So really I don't know if the responsibility is to anyone in particular. I think overall we need to look at concert safety as an issue and have a discussion about it in all of these
1: different facets because
0: this stuff can't happen again.
1: If you want to go concert safety, mm-hmm. that goes on to the venue, yeah, and issuing tickets for that general audience, yeah. admittance uh, area, having it, it overpacked, um, fire hazard, yeah. if you will, yeah, easy way of looking at it that if you're purposely overpacking a consolidated area, uh-huh. you're gonna have issues. It could be a problem, and that's where security
0: has to real like like make sure that there's fire lanes, make sure there's safety mm-hmm. there. Uh, space between, so the people that need to leave can leave right. uh, if, they, if necessary. It's, yeah, it's just a mess. The whole thing was a mess. And, yeah, as long as the conversation s- keeps happening and companies like Live Nation start taking re- some responsibility here, we might see some movement on this issue, but it's good to, like, think about the people who were harmed and killed by this event and make sure we remember why.
1: Right. Um, yeah, 10 people died because of this. Yeah, um, I yeah. think it was 7 initially at, initially and then 3 over the course well, of a couple of weeks from yeah. from their injuries. Right.
0: Yeah, it's a bad scene. Uh, and yeah, we just need to make sure that at least where we as an like them, them as an industry
1: are having this discussion and making sure we can prevent it going forward. So, yeah. yeah. Um, also note that Travis Scott and Bladish are named in the lawsuit. Right. Because when you submit a lawsuit, you have to name someone, and yes. that's where it happened. Astro World. Right, right, right. All right. Let's move on to some lighter news, then, shall we? Yeah, sort of. sort of. It's a better story sure. than, than Travis Scott. Yeah, because it deals with that uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, who's uh, still hanging out in the news. Yep. So, news about favorite Taylor Swift <laughs> reissued album or her album Red, Taylor's version. Mm-hmm last week, and now iHeartRadio is starting to listen to her. Yeah. So when Taylor Swift first began releasing re-recordings of her old work, which started earlier this year with Fearless, it kind of appeared that many radio stations were sticking to the big machine oldies that they still had on file. If they were playing any of her old catalog at all. For example,
0: if they wanted to play Love Story, uh, a single off
1: of Fearless, often
0: they would just grab the original Fearless edition and not grab the re-record even after those re-records were available.
1: Yep. But now... all oh, Let's make that a little bit more booming then. <laughs> but now... <laughs> the largest radio chain in the country, um, iHeartRadio... Yes is making a public pledge that its stations will abide with Taylor Swift's wishes and stick with her remakes as they come in. Quote, Whenever Taylor re-records a new track, we immediately replace the old versions, said Tom Poldman, Chief Programming Officer at iHeartMedia. Quote, Our stations will always deliver songs that artists are eager to share, and fans want to hear. <laughs> listeners may have it have. listeners have made it known <laughs> that they cannot wait to hear Taylor's version of each track. We are thrilled to provide a platform to share those with them, as well as all the stories behind the songs from Taylor herself. So yeah end quote. It's not really
0: news, as much of it is a confirmation that Taylor is Getting the the what she
1: what she in, intended for this. Oh, but this is news though because this will help Taylor's this will help Taylor versions track on the charts. Yes. This will put money into her pocket and not big machine's pocket. I mean yes,
0: but again though that's what her intention with this project was from day one. This has always been the intention. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, it's interesting that, yeah, we finally have the biggest radio conglomerate in the nation finally saying, like, yeah, we're going to do it, confirming that they're going to do it. Um, yeah, it's interesting, uh, especially in the wake of Red, two of her biggest radio singles ever were off of that record. Um, so it makes sense to do this move now, so that way a lot of that traction happens. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. Um to have confirmation finally and i'm sure it will just continue and will spread to other uh big radio radio companies
1: well when fearless came out you mentioned that you immediately replaced the old songs with the taylor's version because why not because they're so close to the originals you're not losing a lot of nuance Mm -hmm. by doing that and as as it mentions here in the article it's what the artist wants you to hear it's their intention so yeah so good news yeah good news all right all right, ready. we have two albums to talk about. Where
0: do you want to start? I'll be real brief about the, the one that won't take me as long. I listened to Raise the Roof uh, by Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. If those names sound familiar, there's a reason. Robert Plant, of course, famous from Led Zeppelin back in the 60s and 70s. And then, of course, Alison Krauss, um, the former uh, leader of most Grammys won by a woman before Beyonce t- took, t- took that title earlier this year. Um, a bluegrass and country music uh, uh, standard-bearer, I guess you could say, and has been recording music since she was 18. Um, Yeah, just uh, both legends in the music industry. This is not the first time they collaborated. Avid Grammy uh, viewers might remember, back in 2007, they released their first um, duet record called Raising Sand, went on to win the 2008 Album of the Year that year in the Grammys. Um, so, this is their follow-up to that, uh, years, years, years later.
1: Right. so, <laughs> almost 15 years yeah, later. Yeah,
0: almost 15 years have passed since that record.
1: And, uh... That made me feel old. And, well, uh, also,
0: to make you feel old, um, not much has changed.
1: They sound
0: <laughs> very similar to how they sounded 15 years ago, even though they are, of course, much older. Especially Robert Plant, he's getting... He's getting up there. Well, yes, yeah, you're you a star imagine. in the 70s. Right. we are in the 2020s. Yeah, you can imagine. But they uh, haven't skipped a beat. Uh, production uh, is still... Um, the production responsibilities are still with T-Bone Burnett, who you might recognize as being a uh, very um, important producer in music. Produced the first record. Is credited with its success in a lot of ways as getting that gritty kind of acoustic kind of folksy feel uh, to really come across. Uh, does the same here. Um, overall, I think the record is a little moodier, a little slower than the first record. Not as many uh, kind of experiments and like kind of rockabilly uh, that the original record did. Um, I was a fan of that first record, fun fact. I was still kind of in a country zone back then, and so I was following um, Allison Krauss. And uh, I had a good time with that record. And I remember being kind of, like, surprised when it won the Grammy because I was like, wow, something I listened to <laughs> as a teenager
1: actually, like, <laughs> won a Grammy for all the year? I don't know, this is neat. Unless was, your love of music was planted. <laughs> yeah, you can see, the planted there. Uh, but yeah, I L- think this uh, one That Robert planted there? Uh-huh, I see uh-huh. what you did there.
0: I think this one, uh, there's a lot to be gleaned here. I think if you're fans of either of the musicians, there's a lot of fun stuff here. And it's cool to hear uh, people... In their like such legends, like continue to make music in this kind of vein. Is it a Grammy contender again? Eh, I think it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more of a crowded field this year, and so I hesitate to uh, put them as a sure thing. But hey, maybe you'll see them pop up in other categories. Um, but yeah, it's cool to see them going, and they just announced a tour together uh, for 2022. Hey. So if you want to see some legends on tour doing some of this music, you can. So yeah, it's neat. It's uh it's it's an it's it's a nice a relaxing record. Expect to, expect this to see, hear this in your um, nearest Starbucks very soon. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> but we're here to of course talk about the biggest release of the week. Taylor's red no, version. Now we talked about that last week. Or what it would have been if it yes. had moved up. Yes,
0: no. Instead, she uh, cleared a path for none other than Adele, who of course has released her uh, latest album 30
1: 30 yes following her record setting album 25 25 25 was the last one and then 21 uh prior to that yep yeah,
0: and, 19 prior, to and that. 19
1: prior to that so she's gaining gaps in between
0: albums <laughs> well of course that's for a reason the context of this record of course is that since 25's release she was married then divorced and has a child and so Three, major, three milestones. major milestones have happened, and you can all hear that in the lyrics and content and tone of 30. It is a breakup record. It is a divorce record. It is a motherhood record. It's a it's, lullaby record. It's all of those things in once, and it really gives you an uh, intimate portrait of who the Adele the person is currently mm-hmm. uh, between the ages of 30 and 32. Uh, where she is kind of hanging out right now mentally. And it's a roller coaster ride of emotion, which I think a lot of people thought it would be. Mm -hmm. It's what Adele was known for. Uh, There are some real high points. There are some real emotionally low points where she really bears her soul in a way that I wasn't expecting. A lot of recorded voice snippets of her talking to her child about some really, really dark stuff, like talking about some real emotions that she's going through. And I think... It works really well. This is a really good record. Are we sh-
1: surprised though? <laughs> I mean, yes,
0: if you've been following Adele's career, this is not a surprise. Um, I think what is a surprise is how open she gets here. Mm-hmm. I think previously she's an artist that has been has relied a lot on the big, sweeping blockbuster singles. Your uh your Rolling, blows, in, the- your rolling mm-hmm. in the Deep's, your Set Fire mm-hmm. to the Rains. Your, she's been about big statement songs. This is her in a little bit more intimate zone. There's there are big singles here. I think peak for me is Oh My God, which is just this big pop banger. And then you have the big emotional set pieces here as well the already released Easy on Me, the sure to be a
1: single I Drink Wine. I like uh, that one. There's a lot of like, so there's a good balance here. What's the one that I like? Is that easy? No, um.
0: Oh, can I get it? Can I get it? Which also one. could very easily
1: be a single. I like that one. It's a little a lot. funky, yeah. little
0: like a little jammy. Um, it's a good balance of uh, of of your big single, your big future hits, as well as your ballads. Mm-hmm. I think that it's um, it's a good mix of songs. I think she's really, really set a new bar for herself here. I think it's definitely one of
1: already a, a, like one of the the achievements of her career. Uh, I think it starts off a little bit, maybe too melodramatic for me.
0: Yeah, a little orchestrated. A little orchestrated,
1: a little reminds old you of, Hollywood. Reminds me of her Skyfall theme. Yeah. A little bit. And then it kind of picks up. It's It yeah. hits, hits the love stories, it uh, hits the talk with a child. The um, recordings that she does add at the end of the mm-hmm. song. Yeah. Was well, not expecting that. No. But it does add a little
0: bit of emotional weight to it. You do point out an interesting part about this record, which it starts out in that sweeping orchestral style. Then in the middle, you kind of hit a really experimental zone Mm -hmm. where she's trying different genres on. That's where you get the pop songs, where you get the funky, like, blues-inspired stuff. It's where you get maybe some... It's kind of a jazz orchestrated. You get one song that surprised me with how much uh, electronic manipulation is in it with her voice. You get the whole backing track of like these like layered vocals of her using this kind of manipulation, and I was like, "Wow, Adele is doing this." Right. It's really interesting. But then it returns to On that back, orchestral yeah. zone yeah. at the end of it, and it feels of a piece. It feels like a finished product because mm-hmm. of that. Um, yeah, I just yeah, I think I think that this is a statement record. I think this is showing that Adele still has it. I think, like I said, this is easily going to be a sales juggernaut. It already is. They're already cranking up the vinyl machine, as we talked about a few weeks ago. Yep.
1: Um, easy on me. The, the lead single that she put out.
0: I wasn't super impressed with it as a single, but I think it works in the context we're, of the record. Yeah, that's good going to yep.
1: bring up. Because yeah. when it came out, we're like, okay, yeah, it's, it's an Adele. Adele song.
0: But that's the thing. It's an Adele song and a record that actually has, surprisingly, not that many Adele songs. Right. And I think that's why it works.
1: So, if you haven't listened to this record <laughs> it's yet, good. it's good. Listen to it after this podcast. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's good. I don't know if it's maybe top five material for me personally because this has been a stacked year.
1: Oh, it. I mean, we've <laughs> listened to like close to sixty albums. We've listened before. to a lot of music. Uh, wait, I, I have that number here. <laughs> uh, Sixty-one albums yeah, at least, in music, at least.
0: So yeah, uh, it's going to be a crowded field, but I think that for most people. This is going to be heavy rotation for a long time.
1: Yes. Uh, either that or you're going to put it with the other Adele mm-hmm. um, playlist that you have, and it will roll right into it. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. This will fit right in. But is experimental and interesting enough in its, in its um, different genre experiments that I think that it's going to be surprising for even the Adele faithful. Right, you're going to
1: you're gonna establish that this is from 30 album, not confuse it with yeah. 24 or 21. But hey, that's good news, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. I think that this is in no way a slump
0: in her career. I think she is reestablishing that she is uh, one to beat in this field. Okay, what song does she perform at the Grammys? Oh, jeez, that's tricky, because I feel like there's a lot, there's a couple ways she could go here. She could go pop here and try to set that kind of tone, or she could go just tear through a ballad I think that once "Easy on Me" has had its had its case, mm-hmm.
1: we'll talk about like February here. So. Yeah, so
0: I think that I think you'll see some th- something towards the end of the album here for sure. Okay, you want to put? a... I don't know what you want it put is. Put one on there. I don't know, but I think she'll she'll be able to pick one. <laughs> it's gonna be the
1: wine song. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe
0: she's gonna go for
1: wine on it. I go for wine.
0: All right. Anything else to say about Adele or any other music that we listened to
1: this week? Um. No, it's Adele season. <laughs> it's Adele season. Let's move on. Sorry, cheering. Your time has yeah, passed. Yeah, you had a, a week. That's all you. Oh, you get. You this had week. a month. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's round out here as we speed right along into some video games. All right. And we start with new releases. Yeah, not many. Not that many. As we come towards the end of the year here, mm-hmm. we start with Death's Door for the Switch. Yep. And Sony PS4, PS5. Yeah, previously an
0: Xbox uh, Game Pass game, a uh, Xbox exclusive and PC exclusive. Now is getting on everything
1: else. So here's the remaining. Yep. And your big release, (laughs) big release. release. Just because it's coming out on everything. Yeah. But the Switch. Farming Simulator 2022. You know what this is. We're still farming in 2022. Still putting out farming. We're still simulating that farming experience. Which is not on your Animal Crossing island. No, somehow. <laughs> Alright, those are your two releases. Alright. Let's get into some video game news. Yeah. And we start with Bobby Kotick. Yeah. A.K.A. the CEO of Activision Blizzard. This is our further,
0: uh, fur- uh, newest update in the saga. The Activision Blizzard saga that will not cease to end. Yeah. Um,
1: game of the Year, or News Story of the Year. Probably In video games, probably. In video it's, games. It's huge. It's just, it's dominated this year. Every time something else pops up, it just yeah. keeps getting worse and worse yeah. and worse. And hey, that trend continues, continues here. to get worse. As a new Wall Street Journal <laughs> report alleges that the Activision's uh, Blizzard CEO was indeed aware of multiple sexual misconduct allegations at the company. Some of which it's claimed he withheld from its board and also accuses him of personally mistreating several female employees. Activision Blizzard is currently facing multiple regulatory investigations over alleged sexual assaults and harassment of female employees, much of which was centered around World of Warcraft developer Blizzard. However, the Wall Street Journal claims that instances of sexual assault and mistreatment has been widespread at the company, including at Call of Duty Development Studios, Treyarch, and Sledgehammer Games. While Bobby Kotick reportedly told company directors and other executives that he was unaware of the many allegations, The Wall Street Journal says it has received evidence to the contrary from various sources, including interviews with former employees and internal Activision documents. Yeah. Reacting to the report, the Activision Blizzard King Workers Alliance said it would stage a walkout and demand Bobby Kotick's resignation. So, as a follow-up to the story, a walkout did occur mm-hmm. uh,
0: the day that this news broke. Um, there was some footage of uh, local Irvine uh, Blizzard offices of a bunch of people outside uh, staging that walkout. Doesn't seem to have made much of a dent on the company, though. The board has already said that they still are supporting Kodak. Um, however, it may have complicated relationships with other companies. You had Sony's Jim Ryan make a statement uh, that day saying that he was concerned about the allegations and they would question uh, their current, uh, their ongoing relationship with Activision Blizzard going forward. And Phil Spencer over at Microsoft had a similar uh, statement uh, that he said, basically, that he would be looking into their relationship with the company following these, this um, this this um, this report, and so yeah, it seems like the industry as a whole, a lot of media outlets that focus on video games, including uh, Polygon, have issued statements uh, encouraging uh, the resignation of Bobby Bobby Seems like overall, the industry as a whole is once and out, and. It's all clear here in this report that it's, yeah, I think you're right. I also think that it's, it's ridiculous that he's standing by this, that the board is standing by him, uh, with such glaring evidence uh, to show that he, that all at the top was no exception to the corruption happening here. And may have, in fact, kept a lot of it secret and caused it not to go public. Uh, Cause it to is, continue
1: festering yes. within the company. It's ridiculous.
0: It's this when this stuff goes all the way to the top, which we always assumed it did, it means that the whole thing needs to be dismantled. It means this whole thing is broken.
1: Right. in not coming down on anybody on it and allowing it to continue, he's allowing it as CEO yeah. for it to continue to
0: happen. But the frustrating thing is, as of this recording, this happened days ago. This happened early last week. As of this recording, there's still no movement on this. No comment by Kodak himself. No comment for the company about question like about his removal or possible removal. Nothing. Silence. Except for one thing that they posted on on uh, social media of the company that Activision said, which they said that they going forward, presumably going forward. They have a zero tolerance uh, policy on on uh, uh, a sexual like a sexual mistreatment and or, and, or assault or. Uh, reports of similar um, engagement. But, with the exception of the CEO, mm-hmm. they've said straight up that because they don't have enough um, evidence, the zero to- tolerance policy does not affect Bobby Koenig.
1: We're back to square one. There, um, <laughs> As it mentions, there is still an internal investigation. Yeah. Wh- Right now, that's just pins and needles for us. <laughs> Eventually, that shoe is going to drop. Uh, I hope. And the report
0: will come out. It looks dark, though. It, right now, where we're at right now, is it, just, it looks like the, the tyrant is impossible to dethrone. It, it seems like, because he's just so powerful, so rich. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see it happen the way we want it, unless the board finally
1: rebels. Which I'm not sure it will. It's okay. Just hit them where it hurts. (laughs) The wallets. Hopefully. Hopefully. But we'll see. Um, Or not buying Overwatch 2. Yeah, but... Eventually. Or Call of Duty.
0: Yeah, the the conversation about what a public boycott of Activision's games can do is questionable at best. Mm -hmm. You have different developers saying different things. You have some developers being like, yeah, well, we're still working for the company. Maybe you should buy our game to others saying actually don't because you're supporting this this monster. I don't know. It's so muddled in that and there's only so much we can do as long as the very powerful board of directors is supporting him. There's only so much we as consumers can say. Yeah. It's yeah. tricky, but yeah, you're right. This story just become continues to snowball, continues to get bigger and bigger, and who knows where we're going to end up.
1: It's going to hit something eventually. <laughs> Maybe. All right, uh, let's move on to our final story or stories, stories as we get to the bit. Yeah, there are a
0: handful of interesting things happening besides that big story that I felt were
1: worth a mention. Yeah, uh, including, I mean, what might be the other big story though, yeah. this week? <laughs> yeah, Rockstar admitting that its GTA trilogy well, reissue, re-release, remaster, we want your money. <laughs> has some issues. Oh,
0: yeah. As we talked about last week, yep. frame rate issues, glitch issues, um, content that shouldn't have been the game issues, a bunch of just, they apparently
1: run badly. Yep. Uh, re- uh, they will issue a re-release patch and re-list original ports on the digital stores. So,
0: yeah, part of the launch of this was that they re- removed ports of GTA 3, San Andreas, and Vice City from Platforms like Steam, like their own Rockstar store, store mm-hmm. from mobile stores. Now they have said, well, hey, we'll put these original ones out just for the time being. So that way, if you want to play those versions, you can. Because these versions, we admit, are broken. Yeah. And we need to really can reconsider
1: them. Or, you know, just give us GTA 6. <laughs> or not. Or not. We'll see. Um, in other news, yeah. in Microsoft news, Halo Infinite We'll get a multiplayer.
0: In fact, it already has one. This dropped this week out of nowhere. It seemed like at the 20th anniversary Xbox showcase stream that they did, they had mentioned kind of obliquely that this may or may not ha- not happen. And sure enough, there was a limited style surprise drop of the multiplayer. So if you have a Game Pass right now on Xbox consoles or on PC, you can or and or Steam on PC, you can download and play in
1: Halo Infinite's multiplayer modes right now. However, yeah. campaign co-op and forge mode yeah. will become delayed. So you won't get
0: to play either of those modes until 2022. Seems like maybe mid-2022 for Forge. That's a long time to wait. But campaign will still be delivered the original date uh, that will be uh, coming up very, very soon. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So it's just time for the holidays. But yeah, you can you're free to play multiplayer and already is setting uh setting huge records on Steam uh, with c- concurrent uh, concurrent users. So, uh, yeah, jump in while the iron's hot. A lot of people are getting back to the Halo. I have not played it yet. I will hopefully get some um, Halo action in today if I can download that on the PC.
1: Yeah. Um, also, speaking of Halo news, the first trailer for that new um, Halo TV series. Yes. On, on Paramount Plus. Plus. Officially out. Um, yeah. And they did the one thing I didn't want them to do they gave Master Chief a color. They, called, they, they confirmed that he was going to be white.
0: Yeah. I, I, I
1: like the ambiguousness of it. You're right.
0: Uh, that being said, it is what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. It looks like, the really, the teaser, it's not really a trailer, it's, it's a, a teaser. teaser. And the teaser is really just like, here's Master Chief. Yep. So, yeah, it's still maybe a little unclear what it is about, but it'll focus on the Chief, because of course it will.
1: Because that's all you want in Halo. You want Master Chief. No, because they tried it with well, the Halo Wars. It. it didn't work. <laughs> work. Yeah, sure enough. Alright. Um, so, we had um, Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. We had Nickelodeon Brawl Stars. Yeah. And then we had Space Jam 2. Yeah, well. <laughs> not in that order, but okay. Huh? Not in that order, but okay. No, no. Not, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> but... Now Warner Brothers is officially announced, the rumored, yeah. and now confirmed, yeah. game multiverses. versus So yeah, we talked about this
0: on the show before when it was all but confirmed. Mm-hmm. Now we have official confirmation as well as some more official art and footage. And trailer. Uh, yeah, it looks exactly like you thought it would. It looks like a platform fighter with the Warner Brothers characters. Yep. So you can see Superman fighting Jake from Adventure Time.
1: With Bugs Bunny. And and Stark R- from Artist. Game of Thrones
0: thrown in there. Yep. It's weird. I don't know. It seems like we're getting to saturation here with the Super Smash Brothers clones. Well, I don't I'm know. How that with the multiverse yeah. That's clones? Yeah. the other thing that people pointed out after this kind of announcement, which is like, it's a weird line between we're putting out this fun fighting game with our characters and then the multiverse is the future of our company yeah. which maybe Warner is a little erring on that side which is kind of weird mm-hmm. weird vibes going on there so yeah I don't know how to feel about it I think the weirdest part about all of this is that Nintendo was on the forefront of it with Super Smash Brothers and they didn't even realize it yeah like back in 99 when that game first came out I don't think they had even thought for a second that it was going to be the future future I'm using quotes here 20 years of media later, companies 20 years later.
1: It's ridiculous. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's just a fun side <laughs> game project yeah. that we're working on. Wouldn't it be fun if Mario and Pikachu beat each other up? Like, I'm already doing that, like, right here with my own toys. Right. Can I just do that in a video game sense?
0: And now all of a sudden companies think it's, like, printing money and it's going to be the future of them. It's, yeah. It's obnoxious. It's weird. Hopefully the game's okay. That's all I have to say. Uh,
1: they do kind of emphasis a co-op style playing. Yeah. So. We'll see how that works with solo yeah, play. It's a neat gimmick, but I don't know if
0: it'll work. The last time we had one of these with a the gimmick was PlayStation All-Stars, and no one liked it. So,
1: no. well, except for you. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed seeing my favorite characters. Yes. Alright. Next. Uh, next, more <laughs> video game bits. Saints Row. Yeah. The reboot. Yes. The delayed. Yeah. We knew was going to be delayed to what we assumed was going to be March... February, February was the original date. Then it got pushed. We figured end of the fiscal year in March. Now pushed even further back to August of twenty twenty two. This is
0: disappointing. I was looking forward to this uh, as a fan of the Saints Row franchise. Mm-hmm. And seeing what they were doing with it seemed interesting. And yeah, it's kind of sad that we have to wait till the summer to play it. But hey, maybe it'll bake a little longer. Maybe it'll be even better. So we'll I
1: did think it was quite quick of them it to was. put a, a release date at the same time they released, like, an official teaser yeah. trailer.
0: It did seem like a quick turnaround, you're right, from reveal to release. Mm-hmm. So it's not super surprising, especially with COVID protocol, uh, that it
1: is getting delayed. But yeah, like I said, I'm just disappointed as a Saints Row fan that I'll have to wait longer to see it. I'm not, because this means that I can now play Tina's Wonderlands more, right, yes. more than try to like, compare the two. Well, they're pretty different games. Well, but... well, like, overlapping my time on sure, playing them yeah. then. Time, time, yeah, the time. My time constraints. Time constraints is yeah a question yeah. for both of those games for sure. And yes. lastly, yes, the golden joysticks. Oh, uh, no, nomi- no, no, sorry, that's a different thing. That's <laughs> a different thing. The video game awards. Video game awards. The Jeff Keeley's, if yes. you will. Yes, Jeff Keely's video game award nominations yes. has been revealed. Happened. And Death Loop leads yeah. all the nominations.
0: Yeah, um, as expected, more or less, for a big uh, AAA PlayStation inclusive. I think this also, uh, it also was a big coming out party for Psychonauts 2, also no- nominated yeah. several times. You also see, uh, see a few other big players. Uh, no favorite, I think, la- as like last year, we were going in assuming that um, uh, Hades was gonna sweep, and it did. I think this year there's a little bit more, uh, a, like few more options,
1: mm-hmm. I think if they're real, they'll realize the true winner here is Metroid Dread. But <laughs> well, yes, I mean that's what you're saying it is. Um, yeah. The other top contenders are is those Death Loop. Yeah, it takes two. Metroid Dread, Resident Evil Eight. Yeah, or yeah. Village, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Yeah, and Psychonauts Two.
0: Good, good lineup. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what a year I've played one two three four four of these games which is crazy (laughs) because i feel like i haven't played any of them last year i've played
1: two (laughs) three is currently in the mail for me nice so So we'll have so i will have played that by the time we get to our end of the end of the year review stuff
0: uh yeah and then of course other categories uh had some uh some highs and lows i think people again are complaining rightfully so about the influencer category being a bunch of people nobody's ever heard of
1: uh, yep. How can you be influenced if I've never heard of you? Right. So, yeah, I don't know.
0: The video game awards are, are a weird thing uh, because there's so much more about the announcements as opposed to the awards. But nonetheless, interesting to see um, the direction they're going with this.
1: Right. Uh, let's take a quick look here. Uh, for best indie game, we have 12 minutes, uh, which is the time loop one. Yes. Seth store, as we said, coming yep. to everything right now inscription i've heard really good things about the card-based game inscription i have not tried it yet
0: yep. but a lot of people are saying game of the year style things about it so i might have to give it a shot
1: yep and then we have loop hero and king bridge of spirit which yeah. i will get my hands on real shortly here good,
0: good group of different uh, kinds of games this year so that could be really interesting
1: yeah anyway anyways um no, best family game, not just best family. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> best family. It's like, fair family, right here. Yes. So, yeah, um,
0: we'll see as we get closer to uh, December, where the uh, awards usually take place, uh, what kind of big announcements they have uh, in line for this thing, as that is usually the big draw.
1: Yep. All, All right. right. Let's get into some video game thoughts here. Some yes. wrap up thoughts as we both.
0: Yes. Finished. finished.
1: Completed some games that we've
0: been playing. So I'll just be brief about mine. So I talked about Life is Strange True Colors last year. Mm -hmm. Or last year. Last week. Last week. um, As I uh, just jumped into it. Well, I have wrapped it up. I have finished all five episodes of the standard game, of the main game, and not jumped into the side story quite yet. But I wrapped that up, and man, it goes some places. I mean, it's no surprise for people who are veterans of the Life is Strange series. By the end of it, it always goes some places. Um, I was actually I'm kind of on the fence about how I feel about the end of this. I think a lot of it was wrapped up really well. I think I'm good with some of the characters' endings. I think I wish that a few more uh, loose ends were a little better tied up. But as it goes with these games, part of that might be my fault. I think I missed a crucial conversation with one character in the last episode <laughs> that ended up. So I ended up not having resolution for that character, unfortunately. I think Episode 5 is really interesting. They try some experimental stuff with it that I thought was really, yeah, it was really well done and really thought-provoking and I think really nailed the uh, theme of the game. Let's put it this way. The theme did not, I had an idea of where I thought the theme was going to go by the end of It went slightly different than that.
1: And that was cool. It was good really or bad? Good,
0: I think, okay. in a good direction. I thought it was kind of nice. However, I think it bit off a lot more than maybe it could chew. And I think that that's why I have this weird, like, unsettled feeling about how it ended up. That being said, overall, I had a good time with it. Um, it's a very interesting story. There's really great characters. I think it's a slow start. I think episode one isn't going to be weird for a lot of people. But two onwards, I think it really gets hits its stride. I think it's, it's a good Life is Strange game. The gameplay gimmick is not as strongly represented as the one in the original. So if you're going in expecting a lot of hard puzzles, you're definitely not going to get that. But it's interesting. I like the storytelling here. I think it's a good time. And I think it's absolutely worth the price of admission for people who are fans of the series.
1: Okay.
0: I had a good time with it. It will end up on my top five, guaranteed.
1: That's funny, because this game will also end up on my top five. All right. So you uh, wrapped up Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, I did. And... I liked the story with one caveat. Okay. Because there are five Guardians that you have to deal with. You have to go through all five storylines.
0: Yeah.
1: It does feel like they kind of rushed the ending and kind of Mm -hmm. combined two at the end (laughs) in order to either fit time or fit development schedule. You can almost see where the budget ended and you're like, all right, speed this up. Yep, because you get because typically, what happens is that you get like the final boost um, attack uh-huh. at the end of completing a character's arc. Yeah, and at the end of one of them, you get two. It feels like, oh, mm-hmm. we just kind of like combined the two. We're because wrapping this up, we need to wrap it up and mm-hmm. get this game kind of done and over with. All right, uh, but it does introduce at least the familiar characters if you yeah. are um, if you're familiar with the Guardians of the Galaxy, either from the films. Or with the um, Infinity Gauntlet saga, um, it does provide characters that you are at least familiar with and doesn't go into the okay. really weird and very offshoot yeah. um, Guardians of the Galaxy stories that they definitely could have derived from. <laughs> it kind of sticks more to what good. the general people who coming into this game would know.
0: So this brings up my question that I wanted to ask you for when you finish this game. Seems like the reaction has mo- critically has mostly been about the story, saying that the story is surprisingly good here, mm-hmm. it's pretty well written for a video game, and a lot of people are saying the gameplay is serviceable and is basically, see, this is basically a big narrative tube, where it's like, you're playing this game to enjoy this story, the combat is fine. Where did you end up landing on the balance between the story and the combat here?
1: I think people are saying the combat is fine because it is very team based where you don't have to do a whole lot. You can eventually, once you have everyone leveled up, you can let your team just fight yeah. everybody and have the AI take care of it. So, I mean, other than that, you as your character you're controlling Peter Quill running around and just shooting everybody or waiting, basically buying time for everyone's power ups to yeah. activate. So you can use those to defeat people. Yeah. I can see that argument, but I had a fun time with it. And, yeah. Activating the um, team-up mode with everybody automatically triggers a different kind of song and funky beat to it. So like, oh, I like this is going to be a like the big boss battle here. Let me quickly activate it so I can play through this with the funky beats in the back. Nice. And by funky beats, I do mean the cataloged yes. um, audio that they do have on hand that they had to pay for for licensing <laughs> songs yes. and. It's Surprising though, which songs they did and uh, they got in here was... because you can't, you have to
0: in a yeah. Guardians game. Guardians is so now linked as a franchise to licensed music, thanks to James Gunn. <laughs> you
1: can't not do it. Yeah, thank you, James Gunn, for that, right? But it works for it, yeah. And w- yeah. when you do activate it, it is like, oh, I love this song. It does kind of give you that <laughs> upping, better. upping beat to it, and yeah, yeah. Well, it adds that little extra touch flare to. What otherwise would be either boring horde battles mm-hmm. or epic boss battles?
0: That's cool. So I'm glad that it worked. So where do you land on the story? Do you think it's as good as people are saying it is? Uh,
1: like I said, it'll probably end up on my end of the year list. Um, yep. I really liked the story. It did kind of teeter back and forth at times, especially with spoiler double ending. Sure. But you kind of need the double ending to wrap up the yeah. the two kind of big threats that that, makes sense. that were brought up throughout. The story yeah well good i'm glad you liked it mm-hmm.
0: uh, i think it's it's i wouldn't say it's a divisive game i think overall it's uh, people enjoy it but i think that there are a few a handful of people who are like and eh, it's not enough like it's not enough to, to 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 like be one of the best of the year but overall though people are liking it, i think way more than people thought
1: i think maybe. a lot of people are liking it because they're comparing it directly yeah. to marvel avengers yeah and, and in that, comparison in comparison it's, it's, the it's stronger a stronger game yes it is the stronger game
0: yeah, and yeah, I think so much of that is I think the story at the end of the day between those two games is if you focus and you know what game you're making and you make that game, it'll end up okay. If you start getting a little blur, if it starts getting blurry and you start making multiple games into one, that's when you get into dangerous territory.
1: I did also see a lot of the um, kind of negative feedback being a lot of the quips and sure. extra dialogue, constant, constant dialogue. dialogue. I didn't mind it. That might because just be that a personal taste. That's was personal taste because I like the constant dialogue. It gave me more insight into the characters into sure. what's going on sure. into the interaction because that's what it is. It's a team. They're going to interact with each other. And that's also part of what made it fun yeah, is that they will bicker constantly. It's part of their the DNA team.
0: even from the comics and the movie which is that they're constantly bickering with each other. Yeah. So, But the, the, they work
1: together as a team. Right. Well I'm glad you liked it. I'm yeah. glad that it ends up uh in-
0: ends up being a fun time. I don't know if I'm gonna have time to try it for the end of the year though, but uh maybe. We'll see. I gotta return what I have right now. Yep. Oh, just a little bit of a follow-up. I think I may have bounced off of Deathloop finally. Yeah. I think that it's just so it's too much of a game right now for where I'm at. And I'm like, that's why I played through like Life is Strange instead, because I was like, this is a little bit more digestible. I can approach this. At night, left like, after dinner, you know? Because well, because
1: Deathloop, like, Deathloop I, I saw myself hot. hitting the wall. Like, this is what you want me to do, right? Like, okay, yeah. I'm on here. I, I can't figure this out. Let me go over here. I think what and I'll like, say... Oh, now yeah. you tell me I'm supposed to be over here to figure out what to do over there. What I'll say about
0: Deathloop is I think it's a very well-made game. I think it's a beautiful-looking game. I think it is going to be a great... It's like Returnal. It's going to be a great game for the kind of people that it's made for. But I think it is a very, mi- mileage may vary situation, just like Returnal was. I think they're, they're going to find their people, and there's going to be people who try it and then just don't get it. And unfortunately, I think that, or maybe they get it, but they just don't have the capacity for it at the moment. I think we just kind of landed on that side of the argument for now. Yep. I think I will think of it for my list at the end of the year, but I don't know if it makes it, because I just didn't play enough of it. But yeah, so that's Deathloop. We didn't ignore it. We tried it. Maybe it's not for us. If, uh, you,
1: if you don't want to play through Deathloop, there is a 12-minute speed run you can watch instead. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> Last thing I want to say about video games before we wrap up today, though, is Black Friday sales are on both digital platforms starting this week. So if you're looking for any of the games we just talked about, I believe Life is Strange and Guardians are getting discounts starting this week yeah. on both Xbox and PlayStation and Steam, all of them. You can start looking at deals this week uh, I know Sony's so have definitely gone alive. Um, so, yeah, check that out for some deals. I know Life is Strange right now, uh, 39 bucks. Yep. 35 to 39 bucks on all platforms. So.
1: And I think uh, Guardians is 35 right now, or 40 So, so yeah, I missed, I missed Life is Strange by a week. Yeah.
0: I should have <laughs> waited, but whatever. Anyway, so, yeah, uh, this is the time to buy some of these video games if you've been uh, waiting for them. So, uh, go for it.
1: Yep. And with
0: that, look at that. Right on time. Right on hour 30. Look at us go. Thank you for joining us on the Media Boat podcast this week. We will be back next week? Question mark. We'll have to uh, yeah. So that. next week is indeed <laughs>
1: Thanksgiving. Um, right. We may do. We'll probably end up doing a Wednesday episode. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, before we get to Thanksgiving holiday, I know I'm traveling for family purposes. Yeah, but
0: yeah, I will actually. We'll have to talk about this post pod. Yes. on Wednesday, because I might not be able to do Wednesday.
1: But um, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, but. This also does mean that uh, we are rapidly approaching December. Yes. And as we get into December, we get into a bunch of end-of-the-year lists popping yes. up for everybody. Oh,
0: no. Are you telling me this means I have to wrap up my lists? Because um, I have
1: not even considered them. This means that we need to talk about when <laughs> ah, we're going to wrap up our lists. Oh, no! <laughs> it's time. Yes, it is time. December is upon us. Um, just like every other major news article out there, end of the year lists are coming tis the season like immediately like that first week of december lists will be dropping and people will be forming opinions on what was the best thing that happened (laughs) or not happened this year we'll see so
0: yeah we will have those conversations we will let you know when we have an idea of our schedule going forward but yes but all that means to you, whether you're an old uh, listener or a new biz- listener, is bonus podcasts coming your way in the month of December about our
1: favorites of the year. So bonus episodes are on their way. Yes. So
0: look forward to that. In the meantime, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week in some sort of show, um, so tune in for that. If you want to watch the video versions of our shows, you can go to YouTube.com, search Media Boat Podcast," and find our channel. Like, subscribe there, comment, click the bell for notifications when we go live. If you want to listen to the audio versions, we're on podcast services such as iHeartRadio, the aforementioned iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, wherever you listen to your podcast, we are there. Search Media Boat Podcast. You can find us on social media on Twitter, our handle is at MediaBoatcast on Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast for our page, comment and like there as well. You can find us mediaboatpodcast.com for an archive of our shows and you can see us. You can email us directly if you have questions, comments, anything about the show you want asked or answered. podcast at gmail.com is the email address for that. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for another episode where we'll talk about all sorts of things like Tick, Tick, Boom, maybe more video game thoughts, maybe some television. All that and more next week. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.
1: Oh, yes. More thoughts, more news, yeah. more of us Huge. as we get into End, end of, of, the of year. November. Yeah. Start marching towards end of the year here. Yeah, holiday season.
0: Happy Thanksgiving. See you guys next time.
1: Okay. Bye.